The Listen Podcast. The List 10 Podcast. The Listen Podcast. What's up, my listeners? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Listing Podcast with your host, Dan Wonderly. I'm here today with uh, Jeff Dixon, longtime friend and longtime fan of uh, lists, ten, list of 10. That's why he's on. He's never seen yeah. The Martian or today's movie, but he's fans of lists. Uh, no, he's a big fan of The Martian. We're going to talk about today, The Martian 2015 movie directed by Ridley Scott. One of my favorite directors uh, also did Gladiator and other movies, but that's Gladiator would have made the list, but it's not a uh, top 10 of the decade. That was before this uh, 2010. So how I got here is through uh, how I got to my 10 movies, the 10 best movies of the decade, just as a recap, even though I'm sure you've all heard all my podcasts, a little recap. I got, I picked out what I thought were the best 44 movies of the decade I gave them a quick score in multiple categories, drilled it down to about 18, and then started to rank each movie in the category against the other movies to give them all a ranking one through 18. Eventually I dumped two out of there because they're of redundancy. So all the movies will have a one through 16 ranking as we will cover today. But The Martian is today's movie and a fantastic movie. I am so excited. I watched again last night. And Jeff, why hey do you love the mission, the Martian? First off, how you doing? Uh, doing good. I, I watched it yesterday as well and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it again. It was probably my 10th viewing of the Martian. Why I love the Martian so much. Um, I think it, it speaks to my, my love of science and my love of space uh, to my two of the greatest things that I, uh, I enjoy following. And uh, I constantly am reading articles about, you know, recent space events. I've been following the Artemis, uh, you know, uh, rockets and, and when they will finally get off the ground. And, uh, and I just love how this movie just combines both, but includes action and, and, and there's so much science involved in it. It's one of those movies that's just really smart and intelligent, funny with with the uh, with with what it has as far as the dialogue. Um, not a ton of dialogue, but the dialogue that they put in there is really funny. And then just a smidge of of you know castaway included in there. <laughs> yes, um, definitely. Just makes for an amazing movie that I would love to watch. Yeah, definitely. You know, in fact, uh one of the reasons that I was excited to have Jeff on is because of his love of space and uh that's why he lives in Iowa. He just can't get enough space. I think <laughs> your nearest neighbor is like, I don't know, 100 miles away maybe. I don't know. Well, I'll just assume that it is Iowa. But uh, no, I mainly picked, I thought Jeff, he, he loved this movie and I thought he was perfect for it because he himself is, he's a Mark Watney in his own right. And you know, you don't have to deny it, Jeff. You're building, I, I if I were stuck on Mars, I'd want you with me. You would probably uh, science the crap out of some stuff and, and save us. Or at least, at least you'd work hard and build stuff. Um, 
and I could just watch you do it because I'm not as interested in using my uh, building skills. Well, so, I, just, I just want to tell your audience that one of the reasons why Dan loves this film is Matt Damon looks exactly like Dan Wonderly. Oh, uh, well. So, you know, he just loves to, to watch himself on the big screen, so. Yes, I get to watch The Martian every day I look into the mirror and I, I talk <laughs> to it like it's my vlog. And I'm like, today, soul, soul 23, I'm combing my hair on my way to work. That's, that's, and, and, uh, you know, thank goodness I am a, a expert at all things as Watney is, even though he's just one, but he's an expert at all things. Just like Dan is. At least he, <laughs> he, he portrays himself as an expert. In all yeah. I act like it. That's the key. I love this movie. Beginning to end catches you right from the start. You know, it's funny when I saw the start of it, I realized I've only seen the start maybe twice. I feel like I've jumped into this movie like 15 times and I just start, I just finish it till the end. And I was just like, wait, when I watched it, I was like, this is how this movie starts. <laughs> it's, it's, but, it's, it's pretty quick in, in introducing the drama. There's not much wait until everything goes to pot. So Right. Well, right away, they're they're joking and smoking, having a good time. Uh, and and I got chills right from the opening sequence when and I'm getting chills now just thinking about it when they're when the you know, it the, the storms coming and they got to get on and they're like, got to leave them behind. Hey. And, and then, you know, Bucky from <laughs> from uh, Winter Soldier, you know, who's, who's Chris Beck in this. Yeah. Film. Yeah, sure. Chris Beck. I will be saying in all my movies, I just say what they're out, what other, what the other movie they're from. <laughs> I will appreciate everyone on that gives their real name because I'll just say Bucky and then uh, and, well, and go from there. I, I have the list of the entire cast right here because I am so bad with names. <laughs> oh, good. That's what I, that's, that's perfect. We'll make a good team then because you will be able to throw out the names. But, yeah. but Bucky's just like, hey, he's dead. And they're like, don't talk like that. And he's like, look, it hurts me to say it too, but I don't want to lose my commander too. And it was just like, oh yeah, it's it's on. It's serious. So, do you think they made the right call? Oh, that's a great question. Right off the bat, throwing me a tough one. Uh, heck yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that thing, well, to to leave? Clearly yeah, not. To leave. With, no, or, with, or, or to leave Mark. I mean, obviously they didn't know that he was he was actually alive, but should they have waited a little bit longer? I yeah. Well, so the the thing was tipping. And if it tips, they're dead. Right. So, but then he shot the rockets and he, maybe he could have leveled it off a little bit better. So, um, by the way, just why we're talking about the storm, I might as well note the little bit of research that I did as far as the actual, how this, how this Mars works. And all the uh, NASA scientists were saying how realistic this movie was. Tons of stuff. They did a great job. You know, they followed the book too. And that guy did his work. I mean, obviously, they didn't follow the book <laughs> exactly. That not even close to exactly, but they did all their homework. They did a good job. The one thing that wasn't real was the storm. There's not storms right. like that on Mars. They, uh, it's, it's he. The guy was saying in the, in the Mars's atmosphere is like one percent of ours. So if winds are blowing at a uh, hundred, you know, a hundred miles per hour on uh, on Mars, that on would Mars. be like one mile per hour on earth like, like a soft breeze blowing yeah on your yeah so 
So there's not big storms like that. But you know, what the heck? Let's get some drama right off the bat. Hey, we're not here. What I mean, we'll we'll say some stuff that can change. You know, it's it's nothing's perfect, but uh, we are here to talk about uh, the greatness of this movie. Yeah, and um, so you gotta have the drama, otherwise uh, it's just like yeah, like, right. How, how are they gonna take off with it if there's not a storm? They're like, yeah. we're yeah. bored. Let's go. Where's Mark? <laughs> Forget him. Let's go. I mean, that's just that's that's not as enjoyable. No, not at all. Not at um, all. So did they make the right call, though? Uh, the, you know, Mark himself said, wait it out. Clearly, they could have waited it out and then just lifted the spaceship back up. You know, maybe it could have torn the, the habitat apart, but it didn't. So it, it didn't tear, tear the habitat apart. And yeah, I, I think I think they made the right call, given that they thought he was dead. And, you know, with the the atmospheric issues that they were having, which are, you know, as you said, solely in this film, they're going to tip over. You got to get out of there. I mean, you can't be marooned. I don't think they would be able to get the, the, the rocket back up. They would have had to travel just like he did later in the film to the other rocket to get out of right. there. And well, they would have well, all died by that time. Yeah. So. Because they also have to feed five people. Yeah. So. Um, which is the scene we'll get to. You know what? Uh, you, you know, let's. Uh, spoiler alert. Let's. Well, no, not spoiler alert. Let, you know, we can, we can, we uh, we can get to the categories right now, um, and which is the first, um, which will eventually will hit best dialogue, and uh, we will talk about the uh, eating the food, which is clearly uh, one of one of the best dialogue scenes in there. But uh, you know, before <laughs> that, though. Well, as we keep going, we have him doing self-surgery. Where do you stand on self-surgery scenes in movies and TV shows? Are you just loving every bit of it or, or, um, or do you fast no, forward? No, no. So I, you know, I can take blood, I can take violence in, in films, but when it comes down to like surgery scenes, it's just too real to me. I'm, I'm a total wuss when it comes to needles and having my blood drawn. And so I've seen the scene before and I've like, you know, suffered through it before. This time around, I'm just like, I know what happens here. Forward, 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 forward <laughs> on, 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 the, on the video because I, I just couldn't do it. Um, I, you know, if push comes to the shove and I was in his situation, I'd probably, I don't know what I've done. I, <laughs> you just I leave that out. You just Open leave the wound. bullet in there, which it looks like a bullet. I'm like, did he get shot too? Like, <laughs> I thought an antenna stuck into him. Why is he reaching in and pulling out? It looks like a bullet. And right. that was that was the cut scene. If you've seen the extended edition, there's a Martian that shoots him, but uh, <laughs> they, they cut that part out. Try, try to put it. Well, I thought it was the crew. They're like, oh, he's dead. Well, we got to make sure he's dead. So put one in him. Yes. And then we get into Matt Damon, you know, his first vlog. And I'm in right there on Matt Damon. I'm ready to spend an entire movie with him. And I think he's great. He's one of, he's one of like, I don't know, like three, four actors that can pull off this movie and, and make you enjoy it all the way to the end. And then make a top 10 of the decade. Like I'm sure some other actors would try like other actors have tried and I've seen those movies and they do well enough, but I'm none of, a, none of those made the top 10. So props to Matt Damon. 
Yeah, he, uh, he made it interesting just by talking to himself, which is, is pretty difficult to do. And, and uh, yeah, he's just really good. Just really good. He's fantastic. He's, he's so likable. He is. He's got that charisma. He's got that charm. He's got that relatability, too. You kind of feel a little bit like he's the everyman about him, but he's just, you know, but he's slightly like better than that, but he, he still has that down to earth feel. That, yeah. You feel uh, like you could just like walk up to him and have, have a conversation like Matt Damon, you see him on the street, you go up and talk to him. He'd be nice, you know? Right. Right. So. And he could chat about the, the recent game. In fact, I've heard exactly. him chat sports and stuff like that. Yeah. So we're watching this and my nine-year-old asks, you know, Becca, she asked the best question. She says, did they have to go on Mars to film this? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how realistic. And they did a great job with this movie, I think, because. Oh, that's like part, that's my favorite part of all the scenes that like Ridley Scott, like the pan, pan, panning across Mars, like just some, some beautiful scenery. Oh yeah. It feels like it's Mars. So they did film some in the uh, Jordan, in the deserts out in Jordan. Um, mm -hmm. And the NASA experts actually said that they they made it look like Mars. Like, it, it really did look like Mars. And then uh, and the maps they had, they did a great job with that. A, a lot of it was filmed on a, a soundstage, though, with a big green screen so that they could control the elements a little bit more. And they had to dump in tons and tons of soil into this giant soundstage Jeez. so they could film it that so, would be hard uh, that would be hard to do i i heard that he he just was out there for like uh you know not out there but in this scene for like five weeks straight he just oh, yeah. filmed it for five weeks straight and and then he was done and just by yourself just filming everything that would be no i think he was oh, out there for 500 souls jeff I don't know oh, about this four oh, weeks business. Okay. So they flew him out to Mars, marooned him on Mars, and then filmed him. He's not that good an actor. There's no way he could act like he's on Mars. They had to do it for real. I mean, he's you know, very so, charismatic, but. So this, this brings up like what I was thinking while I was watching the film was like, there's a popular show right now called Alone. I don't know if you've seen it, Dan. Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen many like it. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But it it's just, there's something so interesting about just watching someone stuck by themselves, no one around, and what are they going to do, you know? And there's there's just something about that that's so, that's why, you know, Castaway was so so uh, fun to watch and why Alone, this the show, super good show. If, if you haven't watched it, I, I highly recommend it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's funny. My kids actually are, right now as we speak are watching Castaway. Because oh, they're, they're like, yeah, they're... I didn't tell them I, I walk by as I'm coming up to record this and and I'm like, what the what this looks like castaway. And they're like, yeah, I wanted to watch this. I'm like, oh, I, I wonder why. Could it be that you enjoyed the Martians so much last night? <laughs> I like I like the Mar the Martian a little bit better than Castaway, actually. And I'll tell you why. Is because Tom Hanks does a, a fabulous job just on this island by himself for most of the film, but there's no dialogue. And this is really great that like he gets to talk to something and you get to see his personality along the way. So. I agree. And this also has many more characters that add to the right. richness of this right. movie. I mean, all of NASA and his crew. And it has a, um, a much broader 
like it has it has it means a lot more in the entire scheme of things like we lose tom hanks and castaway it's sad but like this this has like far-reaching implications for i mean no one was watching in times square to see uh fedex bring tom hanks <laughs> home where they were watching uh we'll get to that if that's realistic later but uh yeah. so let's 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 get to the martian so re uh, let's get to the categories. Here's the categories. First off, re rewatchability. How I ranked rewatchability is I didn't want it to carry a ton of weight. So everything was ranked uh, one through four. So it was kind of tiers. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of based basically how much I watched it myself. And the Martians ranked in uh, tier two. So it got two, two out of four points. In the end, how I, everything panned out in the end, they get a final score, which the closer to one, the higher you end up ranking in my list. So it's definitely a rewatchable film. Like I said, you can come in at any point and you've said you've watched it 10 times. So yeah, maybe I was exaggerating, but it's, it's pretty up there with, I don't, I don't watch a lot of movies over and over, but this yeah. is one of them that I do. And that's why it was on my list as well. Yeah, I, I don't like to necessarily watch movies again. A lot of times I'm just, I'll watch a worse movie just because I haven't seen it. Uh, but this one I get. I, I love it. I watch a lot. So yeah. next category, best characters. So how I broke out best characters is it basically, I broke it out into three categories. I have the lead plus the support plus the foil, the bad guy. Whatever it is that's stopping our, 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 our lead character. And so as far as that, Mark Watney, Matt Damon gets a five. He's one of, this is the, one of the all time leading performances, in my opinion, five out of five. So I, I ranked them out of five. Then I would add those up, get a total number and then compare them to the other movies for those that tied and then rank it accordingly. Mm -hmm. And, and so we've talked about Matt Damon, but he definitely gets a five. The crew, now his crew, and his crew to me is about, it's great, I love all of them, but there may be about a three. Uh, I don't think I'd watch another, like I wouldn't wanna see a spinoff series with any of his crew. They, they serve a good purpose. You know, Michael Pena is actually, he's, he's great. He definitely yeah. adds the comic. Yeah, uh, like appeal he, to it. He is, he does. I think they could have leveraged him a even a little bit more than they did um, for for that. Because um, anytime he was in a scene, he's just so good. So. Yeah, and and they have great chemistry. Jessica Chastain, I think she's a a good leader. I think we maybe. If she would have nailed that part, I mean, I'm not saying anyone did any bad things, but if she would have nailed that part, we would want to see something with her as a captain. Like, I think we needed to see her succeed a little bit more. Yeah. Um, or or wasn't do something. She, wasn't, she, wasn't she in Interstellar too? Yeah, she was the daughter in Interstellar. Yeah, yes. man, she, she, she just rocks space, doesn't she? She knows, she knows her space. And in that, it's pretty good, but yeah, I, I think they were kind of vanilla as a crew. Yeah. As a crew, they were all vanilla. I, I mean, they were there to serve the main purpose, but none yeah. of them stuck out. Now, 
the people back at NASA, I thought were a solid almost four to five. And that's why it brings all the support characters up to a four for me out of five, mm -hmm. because the NASA people, um, especially the Cheadle, Cheadle, Edo four, Vincent you know that Kapoor. dude? Vincent Kapoor, yeah. Yeah, Vincent the, Kapoor. You can't say his real name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's all right. He is fantastic. And then it has one of my all-time favorites it, working at NASA. And that's, and, and that's Mackenzie Davis. She is just a delight. She is easily one of my favorite actresses there. She's just the, uh, she's kind of the nerdy girl that's watching the satellite with the glasses and the blonde short hair. Really? Like what, what has she, else has she been in? Okay, so, so she was in a TV show called Station Eleven that I loved. Mm -hmm. She was the lead in that. She's, oh. she's amazing. You should see it. It's fantastic. She, she knocks it out of the park. Everything she's in, she knocks out of the park. And she even did, were, did you see that Princess Bride sketches that all these famous actors were doing during quarantine where they were doing scenes from Princess Bride? Yeah, yeah. So she does the scene where she jumps in the water and, and it's all, you hear that? <laughs> Those are the shrieking eels. She doesn't do that voice. That's, uh, that's another guy who's hilarious, but she looks completely like Buttercup. She actually, like when her hair's all wet and she's in the water, I was just like, holy cow, she actually looks a ton like Buttercup. It's, yeah. it's kind of funny. But I, I think she's a, a joy in this movie. And I She's kind of got a bit role, though, in the movie, doesn't she? Yeah, it's a small role. But when I when you love a character, you love a character. That's all there is <laughs> to it. Well, I, I'm including a clip of her just because, all right? That's all, all there right. is to it. All right. um, so, but, are you going to throw it up now or later? And I'll throw it up. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it up. You know what? What the heck? Sure, sure. I'll, since we're talking about it, I'm going to throw it up right now. You think he means it like, are you kidding me? You know? Mm-hmm. Or like, are you kidding me? I think it might be the second one. Really? Uh-huh. Could be the first one. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it could be the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that one. Now, I should have, <laughs> a good host would have actually like set up that scene. But uh, <laughs> it's basically where they're they're telling uh, Mark Watney everything he has to do to get into space and uh, to to fly out on the rocket and and they're they're just like he's just like are you kidding me and well <laughs> as you heard it and so and she's in it so that's that's again why it makes it so good that's what I got and then and then finally the foil now if you put Jeff Daniels what's his name. Teddy it's, Sanders. It's Teddy. Teddy. Ted. Yeah. I'm the NASA director. I'm the director right. of NASA. Right. Oh, yeah, what's As your name? Donald Glover's like, who are you? <laughs> Donald Glover's <laughs> character. He pulls the classic line. You know, they do that multiple times where in this movie where they realize something and then they don't say what they realize. They're like, wait a minute. And then they just leave and everyone's like, what? What is it? And he's like, yeah. I gotta grab this map. And it's like, just say, just say what you're thinking. <laughs> like Donald Glover just walks off and he tries to figure something out. Um, <laughs> he, he, plays, the, he plays the quintessential math nerd that has no social skills at all. Right. That's that's a little spurgy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he uh, and then he 
you know, at least he didn't fold a piece of paper in half and then stick a pencil through it to displace wormholes. <laughs> he just used the stapler to fly around the sun. Yeah. And use, I'm, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad they used the real science in this one. So. Yeah. So he was great. So the foil, if it's Jeff Daniels, I give it a three. Because it's like, yeah, he's good. He, he does a purpose. But if Mars is the foil, that bumps it up to a four. I mean, it's yeah. it, like Mars is a pretty good foil. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking is like, who's the villain in this one? It's Mars. Right. And, and, and Jeff, like he, he plays, he plays kind of a jerk, you know, a little bit, you know, he has to be strong in the face of all of this adversity or something. But to me, sometimes it just came off like, can you just humanize yourself a little bit here? And there, there were a couple moments during the film where he humanized himself, but he did kind of play the role of a, a little bit of a villain where it's like, come on, guy, like, have a heart. You know, everyone was like, have a heart, man. No, we got to do, the, you know, what's best for the, for the, you know, for NASA. So. Yeah. Well, um, no, that in fact, uh, that's, that's one of the best lines in it. Where, uh, where was that line? Well, I don't have, I had, I thought I had it written down, but it's basically, he's just like, Hey, I'm looking out for all of us. When he's talking to Sean Bean's character, mm -hmm. where he's just like, Hey, this is about, this is about everyone and keeping this program afloat. It's not about one person. And then Sean Bean's like, no, actually it is about yeah. one person that, yeah. and yeah, that's a, that's a great scene. You're like, yeah, yeah, it is about one person. Yeah, that's right. Go save no, Mark and, and I think they did a great job in contrasting the human human side of Sean Bean, Mitch Henderson is what he plays, um, against Jeff Daniels. You know, it, it it allows you to, you know, to to side with Sean Bean a little bit and and really root for for them to save Mark and puts in doubt the you know it, it adds more tension which is great you know you want to add tension definitely i completely agree um and that's why i think jeff daniels had to be that way so that they could bounce off of him if he's just like yeah uh, I, I think they needed it overall i gave the characters add them all up add all the characters in the movie uh overall of all the movies in 2010 i gave it a two like second it's second best as far as characters are concerned. Um, it uh, they do a great job. I I I love them and can't can't get enough can't get enough of them. I would watch I'd watch this this same crew go to Saturn. I'd watch another movie. I don't know yeah. how you would do it, but I'd watch it simply because I want to watch all the characters again. What what would they call that? The Saturian? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, that's a that's a fair question or or just him teaching at nasa again where he's just talking to the students or something just having yeah, his can professor I, can i just say his hair was amazing in that like uh, like he gets back and he just had amazing hair i maybe it's because i'm bald and i notice these things but i was just like man like you just got back and, and your hair is wonderful man so. yeah but he doesn't have your jawline so don't worry about it man <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next category is dialogue. 
and I'm going to play for you right off the bat here. I'm going to play for you. Yeah. Uh, one of the best scenes. It, I actually put this in best scenes and best dialogue. It, it kind of falls into both, but it's when he first, uh, he, he's first like, all right, I got to start. Uh, I got to start dealing with the food problem. We're going to just jump right in where he's talking about how much food he needs. Right. Let's do the math. Our service mission here was supposed to last 31 souls. For redundancy, they sent 68 souls worth of food. That's for six people. So for just me, that's going to last 300 souls, which I figure I can stretch to 400 if I ration. So I got to figure out a way to grow three years worth of food here on a planet where nothing grows. Luckily, I'm a botanist. Mars will come to fear my botany powers. <laughs> yes, I love it. How 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 jazz do you think all botanists were when they saw that scene? Well, like, I'm I'm sure they're like, yeah, represent. Yeah, that's that's the greatest. They're just they're just they're so excited. They're just like, oh yeah, finally. They're, that that Thanksgiving at the family Thanksgiving table, they're like, so did you see the Martian? You see it? You know, maybe my job isn't isn't lame, huh? Maybe I have the best job. Huh? huh? And, and then they respond, well, when you show us that you can grow potatoes on Mars, then we'll, we'll respect you. So. <laughs> right, right. And they're like, I could. Just give me the chance. How do you know I can't? Put me on oh. Mars. That was that was our second day of class in botany school. <laughs> How to grow potatoes on <laughs> Mars. All right. Now here we got uh, another classic scene. Kilometers. In four years, when the next Aries crew arrives, I'll have to be there, which means I have to get to the crater. Okay, so here's the rub. I've got one working rover designed to go a max distance of 35 kilometers before the battery has to be recharged at the hab. That's problem A. Problem B is this journey is going to take me roughly 50 days to complete. So I got to I got to live for 50 days inside a rover with marginal life support the size of a small van. So in the face of overwhelming odds, I'm left with only one option. I'm going to have to science the shit out of this. <laughs> of course, classic scene right there. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and that's that's what I love about this movie is like he, you know, it's it's kind of like Mythbusters. I, I love Miss Mythbusters because he makes science fun, you know, and, and it makes sense. Like they explain it in a way in this movie that that makes sense and, and brings along everyone with, with the science and makes you feel smart. You're just like, oh yeah, yeah. You, you know, I understand that. That's awesome. Yeah, I could do that too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, you feel like you're learning something as you watch it. Yeah. You don't feel like you're being like. I didn't feel lazy watching this movie. It, it was like, no, this is like a, a documentary. I'm I'm learning something as I watch this, and and. Uh, I'll never be in that position, but I I, I would feel slightly more confident. <laughs> I like because, it. Because I watched the Martian. 
it, it feels like they don't talk down to the audience, right? I hate movies where they talk down to the audience. Like they're like, you all are a bunch of idiots. And so we're going to make this like it, you know, we're going to make this for layman's. Um, and, and, and this one, they don't talk down to you that you gotta, you gotta be on your toes. So. Yeah. Completely, uh, completely agree with that. So as far as dialogue is concerned, they have some great lines. Um, but mm-hmm. for me, dialogue also is great, like back and forth. And there's some other movies that have better back and forth than this. That's fine. It's, that's not what this movie is. But my scientific ranking and how I do this, and I'm a scientist with my spreadsheets, I have to stick with what it was. And when it comes to dialogue, uh, this got seven out of 16. So it was, it was right in the middle of mm-hmm. all the movies. Uh, it, uh, it, as, as we see later in this season, the movies that have some amazing dialogue but we'll see why and it but heck seven still it's still really good for a movie that uh it's a guy alone for the majority of the movie what and and i think the best dialogue is is just him speaking to the to the video to himself i i actually felt like some of the dialogue with the people back at earth fell a little bit flat but i mean he talked about being a space pirate and oh yeah, I colonized Mars in your face, Neil Armstrong. You know, <laughs> those type of quotes are just they're so funny and, and he delivers them so well. Well, right. You're you're hanging on his every word when he's talking about how to make water to yeah know, for his potatoes. I mean, you're 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 in. And that it's an amazing feat, uh, without a doubt. Yeah. And, and, uh, but it's, I'm still not, I still don't quote it a ton though. I'm not like busting out a Martian quote necessarily. That, that is true. That is true. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to quote it because it's all just Mars science stuff. So, yeah. Any other memorable, uh, lines or dialogue? Um, the, the only, um, <laughs> the only one is when he's making fun of, um, Commander Lewis and her disco music. I, I think that's pretty funny. It's like I've I've scoured the entire Habs, and the this this song is the least disco song of everything that's on Lewis's laptop or something like that. Looking for some hot start. stuff, baby, to see me. <laughs> yeah. I some hot stuff, baby. To- I just I just played it just now. That wasn't me singing. I just played the clip for all of you listeners back out there. That, yeah. was, that was the actual clip. That, that was amazing. <laughs> yes, I love it. Um, all right. Now, as far as uh, now, we're going to get to a category of the memorable scenes, and and so when he makes one of the most memorable scenes to me is when he first makes communication with with earth so i'm gonna i'm gonna play a tiny bit of this we can listen to it and then let's uh let's talk about why this is such a memorable scene we have to have complex astrophysical engineering conversations using nothing but a still frame camera from 1996 
luckily, the camera does spin. So I can make an alphabet. It can't be our alphabet. 26 characters plus a question card into 360 gives us 13 degrees of arc. That's way too narrow. I never know what the camera is pointing at. So then he gets into all the hexadecimal stuff. And then when they're sitting there and uh, it originally moves and they, they like wake up and uh, just the fact that he just stinking communicates from Mars to Earth and he's a botanist. I, yeah. I, I don't know. How, how do you how do you beat that scene? It's just so like the odds are stacked up against him to stink and communicate with Earth. And I mean, it 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 does like it it shows how smart he is as a guy. I mean, I, so as a guy, that, that sounded sexist. Um, <laughs> it shows how smart he is as a person. Um, and but it also just like you're pushed against the wall. You're, you're going to die. You, it just shows that like, I, I think there's some believability to it because, you know, there's nothing else to do, but think. And, and, and humans are so good at survival. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And when he first types on the computer and he's typing to him and then he gets like totally emotional because they're just like, hey, are you receiving this? It's totally earned. Okay. Glad to hear it. Really looking forward to not dying. <laughs> <laughs> he, he gets emotional. When he picks to be emotional in this movie, 100% earned. It is just like, and uh, you know, and he's tough the whole movie. And he battles through everything. So when he gets emotional, you you feel it so much. And just like when he's typing to him and they're typing back, oh my goodness. <laughs> I think it's interesting though that like he didn't have any family and yeah. nor friends except for those in, in NASA. So that was like one interesting point that I was just like, I, I wonder if they would have added some more tension and drama if he had someone back home that he could, that, that was, uh, you know, his, his partner or, or whatever that thought he was dead. And then all of a sudden they have this moment where they connect again. And I felt like maybe, maybe it's not in the book or whatever, but I felt like it could have been even more powerful. It was a really powerful scene, but I, I was always wondered about that. So. You know, I completely agree with you. And I'd never thought about that before. Um, well, yes, I, I agree with you. I, I see some pitfalls with it. Um, it could if, be too well. Blub. Like, well, how many how many it. movies do you have? I mean, they make fun of it on Saturday Night Live when it's like I'm the girlfriend of the lead in a movie that is one note character. <laughs> you know, it's like a guy goes into space movie, or a guy's a fisherman and he's going to go out fishing and the perfect storm or something. It's always these one note, like, but I need you here and the children need you. I want you back. And then, and then they, they're for some reason sitting at command post of the people trying to save them. And it's like, what, what, like, uh, yeah. That's it's, true. It's pretty cliche. I, I, I your counterpoint is, is well taken. Like they, they bucked that trend. So that's nice. 
Right. But I mean, it doesn't mean that that isn't real though. Like my family, it would definitely be a huge part of like open for me to get back to earth, but they'd also be like, well, it's his own fault, dude. He took off to Mars. <laughs> we, yeah. we already said we pretty much counted him as dead anyways. So, so I think they kind of made uh, Jessica Chastain's, you know, Commander Lewis, right? It's Lewis. Mm-hmm. I think they made her his, his like, that's the one who grabs him and saves him. Like, that's the one who's like most excited to see him because she's also the one that, uh, like, made the sentence, kind of sentenced him to death, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of. I mean, I don't know. I, you get what I'm saying. But uh, they, they kind of made her that. And that um, standing for us as the crowd excited for him to come back. Yep. The whole making potatoes, completely that, memorable scene. Yeah. That's, that's a really good scene. Yeah. And then, um, and then the uh, Starman scene where they're playing the Starman. I'm going to play you two parts of that scene. Uh, and this, uh, I, give me a montage. You know, everyone always, I don't know why people make fun of montages. Have you, have you ever watched a montage even in the worst movie ever and been like, I I enjoyed that montage. I love montages. Well, yeah, I think it's, it moves along the plot really well. And I, yeah, I've never not enjoyed a montage. So, (laughs) right. I think of the family guy were like, this is the montage scene where he's getting into shape and he's getting ready for the fight. Montage. (laughs) The day is approaching to give it your best And you've got to reach your prime That's when you need to put yourself to the test And show us a passage of time We're gonna need a montage A sports training montage It was actually South Park (laughs) So, I love Starman This was when they played Starman in this movie, um, it was still not as used. It was kind of a little bit fresh, and that. Yeah, and then they used Starman quite a bit since then, haven't they? They have used it quite a bit. I have not gotten sick of it. I love this song, but yeah. I want to. I want to point out that it was fresh when they did it in this movie, and I think it worked fantastic in this movie. So here's here's just a clip, a little bit of the. Um, when they're doing the montage of Starman. And oh, real quick, what's going on? I'll, I'll say what's going on. This is this is when he's getting ready to drive out to the spaceship to fly up in, um, you know, to fly out of Mars. And he's getting the spaceship ready and they're also getting the stuff ready to connect to the Ares to bring more, so they have more food and everything. Just kind of all the preparation involved. Because we've already gone through that before, scientifically. So they're kind of like, all right, this time we're going to speed it up. Uh, I love the homage to Apollo 13 in this. And there's there's a scene here where they're drilling out the top of the of the the hab. The is the it's the hab. That's his car, right? Yeah. They're drilling out the top of that, and and they're both on Earth, and uh, he's doing it there. Like, they're doing everything he needs to do on Earth so they can test it out first. And it it's kind of like, do you remember that in Apollo 13 where they're like, all right, they need to convert – they need to get this square into this round hole using yep. all these parts. 
now let's get to work. And then they throw it down and then they figure out how he can do it up and how they can do it in space. So, yeah. Yeah. I I, I love like both of them jump to get the, to open up the top of the, I I think it's like the, the vehicle. I I forget the name of the vehicle. The have is the, the living unit, but. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, the little, a little toy car. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> I the technical the name, name for it. it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here we go. Here's the scene. with the Chinese getting them going. They're gonna they're gonna bring them back safely. They're they're loaded up. And then we jump to uh, to later. All the all the crew saying goodbye to their family. They're not gonna see them forever. beautiful yeah great scene the the youtube audio was doesn't do it justice wow no no this is this is high quality audio what are you talking about jeff i'm not playing these on youtube oh (laughs) (laughs) i i I spliced the videos right out of the movie themselves oh yeah uh, you got the you got the rights to do that yeah hey listen listen what makes what makes this great why our listeners appreciate us uh, on this podcast because we are guys and sometimes I'll have a girl on here too. You know, I mean, we're just people in later in our life and we have full-time jobs and we don't have, we don't, we don't do this for a living, but doggone it. We love the movies just as our listeners do. And, uh, and you mean you don't have a production crew that like sets up all the audio? Put yeah. The yeah. On the shirt? No, I'm a, it's a one man show. Believe it or not one man. It doesn't sound like it, but it is a one man show straight up. I, I was listening to the revisionist podcast the other day. And at the end, he's like, I'd like to thank, and he went off on like 10 different people, sound production, splicing. Like it was like, he had 10 workers working on his, on his podcast. I'm like, well, well, in, in 10 years when you're all big and (laughs) mighty in the podcast world, I'm sure you'll have the same. Right. Right. When, when, when our, when our listeners are just like by the, by the millions. It's exactly. a, just a crew of people, but uh, love that scene, uh, Starman. F- fantastic scene, and then I mean, we, we can't leave out the the rescue the at the scene. end. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, that's I, yeah. Ripping. So before we get to the final scene, which obviously, and and it'll definitely one hundred percent have you know mission station cheering because I. If if you could maybe if you could hook that into my veins if you could make that energy drink out of the uh, 
you know, NASA cheering when, when a spaceship lands or whatever, I, I would I would buy it for whatever it costs and just drink it every day. Cause I just, I really should just start my day with NASA. That should be my alarm is NASA cheering. And that's what wakes me up. I love Yay, it. we did it. <laughs> yes, yes. And there's always a guy kicking his fist up in the air and, and, and people then shaking hear, hands. And yeah, like, yeah. We did it, way to go, way to go. And it's just like, hey, we, we haven't left the atmosphere yet, guys, calm it down. I'd yeah. be I'd be the Jeff Daniels character. I'd be like, mm, I, I'm gonna hold my chair until they leave the atmosphere. I'm or still like, nervous. We're like, uh, there's three months left in this journey to get back to Earth. Let's let's <laughs> do your home. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so any other memorable scenes stick out to you before we talk about the the finale? The the only scene that I, I thought was funny, and I didn't realize this until a few watchings into it, was they have a secret meeting of Elrond at, at NASA <laughs> headquarters with Sean Beam, who was Bean, who was Boromir at the secret meeting of Elrond in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I thought that was that was pretty cool. No, I definitely made note of that. And he's the one who kind of was just like almost like winking to the camera. He's like, yeah, yeah it's, uh, I think uh, I think it's something from uh, Lord of the Rings or something. <laughs> it's like, he's the one to chime in and say kind of, yeah, I I think I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, that is, that was my next note. Uh, oh, sorry, I took your thing. No, 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 I, no, you're not taking anything. I don't have to say any of my notes. I, I'm so, I'm, I'm saying I appreciate the fact that uh, we're on the same page there because that's, yeah. that's hilarious. I also, um, one of the fun things about this is uh, things I love about movies are characters when you see them and when you first saw the movie, you didn't think anything of them. And then you, they've gone on and done other movies. And then when you go back and watch the movie, it's like, hey, no way, it's that dude. And and I just enjoy that. Yeah. And, and, uh, and yeah, I didn't realize were... Bucky was was uh chris beck in the in the film until i think it was like this movie i don't know why i didn't ever put two and two together but i was yeah. like oh yeah it's bucky well my uh, abigail my 15 year old was like i'm, I'm like hey, i'm watching this movie anyone in can come watch and all my kids came and watched but my 15 year old was like yeah i'm gonna split halfway through dad uh i've seen this before and uh I'm like, okay, whatever. So it's your call. It's a good one though. And then she watches it and like in the first couple of minutes, she sees Bucky's in it. And that's her like favorite Sebastian Stan. She's she's in love with that guy. And she's like, Bucky's in this. And she's like, <laughs> and and needless to say, she stayed till the end. And when she saw that he hooked up with uh, Mara Rooney and they had a baby, uh, she she was like, that's the greatest ending ever. Like that made the ending for her. Well, I thought like, that was really convenient that they're in the hospital. They just had the baby as the next rockets going off. So. Hey, Hey, you know, it's, hey. I, I think it's serendipitous. You say, yeah. you, you say Hollywood magic. I say that's uh that's just meant to be. That's what I say. Well, and, and then another character that I didn't notice until this time was Nick Muhammad who plays in Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah. The, I was like, oh, yeah. The the ball boy at first that becomes the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I that's I was gonna mention him. It, well, it's funny, and he's he's kind of a. He, I don't like him at all because he's just like, how are we gonna communicate? The camera, 
like he's all point the camera to yes and he's like are we really gonna try and communicate by moving a camera and it's like well yes you idiot what are we gonna just bail no no don't point the camera to yes just just walk away this is too much work (laughs) but yeah it was fun to see him because i didn't think twice about that guy but then i see i'm like hey it's ted lasso guy yeah exactly um one of my other favorite scenes in this and this is actually i quote this more than anything else in this movie so multiple times they'll say like i've done the math checks out and then and then they'll have you know commander lewis they send her you know the parnell maneuver and and they're like oh can we do it and she goes you know she's like we ran the numbers checks out (laughs) it's like it's just like look look we don't need to go into anything else just we ran the numbers and it checks out like this guy spent forever figuring this out and it's like we ran the numbers so i always say that with my wife whenever anything happens i'm always just like (laughs) i'm trying to think of a good example but but like if if we need to do something and uh, i don't want to explain it I'm like, <laughs> we ran the math. It checks out. <laughs> I need to start using that quote with my wife, too. Oh, it's, we ran it's, the numbers. It checks out. It, che- it checks out. Don't and and say it like that. Like, we as in this, like, who, who else was working with you to run the numbers? <laughs> exactly. I love it. And she totally appreciates it. I'm not saying that sarcastic. She appreciates it. And so it totally, uh, we could skip to the next scene all the time. We can just, like, get to it. We don't have to... Uh, we don't have to talk about it anymore. So let's uh, let's uh, let's watch the finale then. If uh, All right. if you it. if you think we're, I just jump. I jump to. Uh, I skip the. I I try to keep these in snippets. I skip where he says he's gonna. Uh, he wants to fly like Iron Man. I mean, there's look. We could watch the ending's fantastic. I'm just jumping to right when he gets rescued. Yep. Way to go, Iron Man. <laughs> Back, pull us in. It's good to see you. You have terrible taste in music. <laughs> Houston, this is Hermes Actual. High fives all around. My goosebumps are at at, at near critical levels. I can't. uh, Oh man, I I got the goosebumps just watching it. Like from beginning. I mean, like just even though it's one seat. Yeah, that's it's one of the better like lift you up, get you excited, happy. I mean, if if you if if you aren't smiling during that scene, you have no heart. So. <laughs> yeah, you're the you're the coldest of cold, <laughs> without a doubt. I mean, I think it's fantastic. It's uh, I asked my kids because I did a uh, Rogue One was the last podcast I did, and the kids watched that too. We actually went and saw it in theaters. They brought it back in theaters, and we went and saw it, and they they were cheering. They loved it, and then I asked them after we finished the Martian, which one do you like better? And they're like, oh, totally the Martian. Um, as you, you uh, oh, by the end, at the end, I reveal where to you what the Martian ranks. 
at uh, and uh, oh, it it uh, it may or may not have beat Rogue One. But uh, one of the kids said like they love the Martian. They go, well, everyone lives in the end, and it's there's something to be said for a happy ending. Like yeah, like everyone living. I mean, granted, not everyone lives. In fact, everyone dies in this life. But dang it, sometimes in our movies, we want to see everyone live. And that's not I, a bad I, thing. I think too much TV and movies today are are trying to just pr- push on this, like, life sucks and then you die kind of theme with just like, hey, we're going to have a gritty, realistic ending to our film. And you got to have some of these like just feel good moment films to, you know, to bring it back up. So. I, I, I couldn't agree more. It just, it's uplifting. It's, yep. it's no doubt about I it. I agree. So, and as far as memorable scenes, this rank number one out of all of them, it, uh, all the scenes, and this includes a guy just talking about how to grow potatoes. And yet <laughs> all the special effects in the world from all the other movies, it couldn't, it couldn't match just flat out how awesome it was to have uh, have you know NASA cheer when they got them. That was just that was so beautiful. It's fantastic. I loved it. Yeah. It uh, and just like shooting that, like obviously it's fake. They're not above Mars, but like that, the intensity of that scene and you have Mars underneath and it's just, oh, it's so cool. So. Yep, I loved it. Uh, our next category is impact. Like what, what did this movie have an impact on society? Um, this one doesn't, impact doesn't have as strong a weight as other categories because it's kind of hard to necessarily rate the impact of something. I, I can in, in like four tiers. So I put this in tier two as far as the impact it had on society. Uh, it did get nominated for an Oscar and it showed kind of you can do a you can kind of showed you could do this type of movie. Uh, not not I don't, I don't know how well they thought it would work or survive, but it, it showed that you could do a giant big blockbuster. And uh, and, the, and that's it's that's that's the impact I think it had if. Mm-hmm. You uh, agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I, I think I, I think what it showed is that like you can make a film that has a ton of science and and uh, and and make it fun. And uh, they did such a great job with adding intensity and I, I don't know. It like I said before. I love science. I love space. So this one's always going to win for me as far as impact is concerned. So. Yeah. Now, hmm. interesting. Now, as far as universal, and I'm wondering if this somehow got messed up somehow, because for some reason I have universal. Universal is how much, how it's scored on Rotten Tomatoes compared to the other, all the other movies I picked. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I wanted, you know, the, the public to chime in on my scientific rankings. They should also have a say. And uh, needless to say, all these movies had really high Rotten Tomatoes scores, um, but it was more in the middle of the pack as far as Rotten Tomatoes scores. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure why I thought it did. I thought it did well, but um, I don't know. Maybe, uh, 
I don't know. Not much more to say about that other than then I, I'm, I'm not going to weigh that too much. I didn't read through the critics and what they thought about it, but um, yeah, I mean, it was nominated for an Oscar, so surely the the critics liked it, and surely yeah. I'm I'm sure people liked it. It universally was it was liked. Yep. Now the um, the second to last category, which is my favorite of all categories, because this I love it. This was my favorite thing to do. Uh, was to rank the score slash soundtrack of all the movies. And because I can listen to scores and soundtracks all day. I On Sunday, I play instrumental soundtracks in my kitchen and I have nonstop. Um, uh, the scores are playing in my kitchen and then soundtracks are playing the rest of the week on my dad beats playlist. And uh, this one doesn't disappoint uh as far as the, the soundtrack and the score um waterloo is a is a great song i enjoy um you know waterloo waterloo <laughs> yeah well it was almost like it was it was the predecessor of guardians of the galaxy like bringing back some 70s music into pop, modern pop culture um and you know i i actually didn't really notice too much the score, I, what was memorable to me was was the actual music that they- Yeah, so the, the soundtrack definitely was the bigger part. Waterloo, Starman, um, yeah. Hot Stuff. Um, the score, you know, it very wasn't, subtle. it was very subtle. There's a part where he's laying down and he's on Mars and it should really be uh, an amazing scene because the cinematography in this is amazing. Like the whole, like gathering, getting all of Mars and the score could have been better. Um, it, it needed some Hans Zimmer, like Interstellar. Uh, I teach a, a morning class and this morning, this, uh, this kid before class started, got on the piano and he started playing Interstellar on the piano. And, and, and I was just like, is that, that's interstellar. And he's all, yeah. And I'm like, that is stinking awesome. That is an amazing score. I loved interstellar score. Oh, interstellar yeah. score is just so memorable. My yeah. son also plays it on the piano. Oh, fantastic. Well, yeah. doggone it. Record it and send it to me because I, know. I, I it's for some reason it was even better than I, I just sat there and I started class late. Cause I just sat there and I'm like, just keep playing interstellar. I'm, and then one other girl, these are just freshmen. One other girl comes in and she's just like, is that interstellar? And right away, I was like, you're the best, you know, a movie score that is top notch in my book. <laughs> what, what freshman age kids, what 14 year olds know scores from a movie? I mean, seriously. Yeah. Now, I am going to play you, though, uh, the Danish National Sympathy is, uh, Symphony uh, does play some of this score, and there is a really good part in the score. It is uplifting. So uh, I'm going to play to you just a little bit of the score, get you, get you in a good feel for, for it.
Yeah. Wow. That is pretty amazing. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, that's just it. You actually do forget. <laughs> that's why that's why it doesn't its score isn't uh as great as other movies. But that's that part right there is pretty stinking amazing. And yeah. and if you didn't get the chills there, then I don't know. I mean, do you have do you have the ability to get chills? That's my question for you. <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go on. Amazon and I, I have Amazon music, so I'm gonna go ahead and get that one. That yes, one. that one that one's fantastic. It's um I don't know, I don't know which song it is. It's it's gotta be near the end though. It's gotta be when they're yeah. floating around and uh, getting used to space. But but that's that that one part is fantastic. For the most part, the scores kind of um you don't notice as much. And and the soundtrack, the songs are good. Um I still don't listen to any of those songs outside of Starman. None. Yeah. I mean, like Waterloo. I'm not a big ABBA fan. So in the end, the I'm not score. An ABBA fan. Yeah, I, I'm. You, you're not. You don't have Mamma Mia playing uh, constantly in your house. <laughs> no. My wife. My wife loves it. I'm. I'm just not. That's not my. Yeah. It's not did my she, bag. Did she, did she watch uh, The Martian with you guys uh, yesterday too? Uh, no. It, it was kind of on my own. Um, but we've definitely watched it together in the past and she loves that movie too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, family likes, loves it. So and when it came to score and soundtrack, it's, uh, it's ranked eighth. So it's right there in the middle of all the movies of uh, 2010. It's, um, you know, it, it's not hurt at all by its sound and soundtrack score and soundtrack. I mean, it definitely is good. It's great. Uh, it, it's, high, is it, is it the higher the score, the better? Uh, the lower so one is the best one is the best oh one is the best and the and and that's um and the martian you know got one in memorable scenes okay um yeah you know when i started this list i didn't realize how much i loved the martian to be honest with you uh i was i was just uh i was i i was just marking it and i'm like wow okay it really did well in this category and uh, it, 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 it did well in a lot of categories and the categories it didn't crush, it still was in the middle. And, uh, and you'll find out in the end how well Martian ended up doing. Mm. Um, so let's get to plot now. Plot is my biggest category with the biggest amount of input. So I break up the plot into six categories. The beginning, middle and ending. Just, I, I just rank those one out of five. Now this time the five, five is the best score. So listen, you don't have to follow along my math. The math checks out, <laughs> trust me. The math, the math. We, we ran the numbers, the math I, uh, I ran the number. So the beginning, middle and end, um, I give it, now uh, it, it's almost, I give it a four, five, five. Five unassailable, great ending. Middle, he's doing uh, all those memorable scenes are in the middle. The uh, you know, getting ready to fly out, the Starman scene, all that. Uh, the beginning we talked about it. Um, it's it's a it's a great beginning, and a four out of five is not a bad score. But whenever I watch the movie, I get hooked when I walk in halfway through. I never just start the movie just to watch it where um, other mm -hmm. movies have beginnings that I'm just like, I, I wanna watch the beginning. 
like Indiana Jones, I must have watched that beginning with the boulder <laughs> rolling after him a thousand times. I've, I've just watched that scene and then I've turned off the movie just because I <laughs> love it so much. Um, so uh, so that's how that's how it does for me. I, I mean, as far as just you break it up into five and into its beginning, middle and end. I ain't a scored a, four, a, a 14. It's that's no one scored higher. Yeah. As, as far as that. Uh, agree, disagree. What do you, what are your thoughts? I, on I that? agree. I think, I think it's solid all the way through. Yeah. There's not a part of those like, uh, like I, I could enjoy every single part. Like a, a lot of times the films are like, Oh man, the middle is a slog. Like just let's cut to the end and, the mini, the beginning catches me, but this one's good all the way through. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's no, there's no good time to take a pee break in this movie. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I, I, every time I watch this movie, I think of the first time I saw it, where I had to go pee so bad, and I'm just <laughs> waiting for it to end, and it was sad because I was just like, ah, oh, I, I gotta go. It's a longer movie, but so ever since, every time I've watched it since, I've enjoyed it even more because. I, I didn't. I just I took care of business ahead of time. Is that TMI? No, it's not. This is never, never TMI. Never too much. All right, and then the next, the other number that I used, the other three that I added up when it comes to plot is the originality, the flow, and then the presentation. So originality, it's a four out of five. It's not. It's Mars is original. There's not really many like survive on Mars type of movies, but mm -hmm. it's still cast away in space. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it's not like, it's not a five out of five originality. This isn't something yeah. that's, yeah. It's, 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 it's been it's, done. It's, it's mm -hmm. been done. Um, I think four is being generous. Um, I, I think it's just because it's, there's still not a lot of successful movies like it. So it's, it's, um, it's original that, there's a lot of originality originality in it there's nothing else necessarily um yeah it, it it's a four i'm um, there with you the flow is a five to me like i think it flows perfectly it flows from one scene to the next keeps going in there's no there's no like why why did they throw that in you know there's no like like I think the flow works because they're not, they didn't suddenly be like, all right, let's show his, his girlfriend, like trying to pay attention to her customers at the, at the Dutch brothers coffee shop bit because she can't concentrate because she's worried about Mark up in Mars or something. I think it would have thrown off the flow. Um, well, I, and there's I, never a moment where you're like, now what is going on? Like there's some films that like the whole time you're watching the film you're like just really spending a lot of mental power to try to figure out what's happening so yeah and the only thing i noticed this time and this is after a lot of rewatching, is that is that like sometimes i was like wait why did it take them this many days to suddenly think okay how am i going to get out of here like a lot of days pass by and and it's just like well Okay, so he thought about it before, but, you know, he's concentrating on the potatoes right now, all right? Give the guy a break. He's trying to survive on Mars. So that was the only thing. And that's after tons of watchings. So I, it still didn't hurt the flow. He still gets a five out of five. Well, here's what I was thinking after watching it many times is, like, when he's growing the potatoes, I'm like, a second, like, 
I know that like this is the science nerd coming out right now. But okay. I'm like, when they go to Mars, like typically the whole point of going to Mars is the idea of can we set up colonies on another planet? I would think that they'd have other seeds that they would be like, hey, we're going to do science experiments, especially like they're there for long term. Shouldn't they have like a garden growth area that, that they could leverage? Like, I know that like in any other space film that, that that's out there, anytime they're stuck out in space, they have this like garden room that they're they're using. So that was one yeah. thing I noticed this time. I was like, well, why why didn't you guys have? I mean, you got a botanist there. Yeah. Well, like, well, why aren't you? Why don't you have a bunch of seeds that he's going to be experimenting to grow? So. Well, doggone it! You're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> shoot! Now, 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 now I'm ticked. Like, yeah, yeah. why is the botanist on there if you weren't going to, like, plant some freaking seeds? Like, what were you doing up there anyways? He had to use potatoes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, well, let's see. Can I still change these rankings? (laughs) (laughs) But it took me, like, seven or eight times to watch it to actually think about that. Yes, no. (laughs) Um, Uh, Maybe I'm just not smart, so... (laughs) (laughs) um and then the final the final score is presentation and that's how um the movie's presented to you as far as the the breath the cinematography um you know the scenery the whole deal to me it gets a five out of five here Mm -hmm. i i feel like i mean they went all out they made nasa look real uh, I mean, I felt like I was at NASA. I felt like it was a giant building with tons of people mm-hmm. working there. Yeah. Um, the, the shots of Mars were just beautiful. I mean, that 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 was just... Like, if you want to be transported to another planet, they did no better job. Or they did such a wonderful job of doing that. So. Yeah. You couldn't have done a better job. They couldn't not have not done a better job. <laughs> I was trying to do the mental math. Matt checks out. Right. I ran the numbers. Yeah, we ran the numbers. <laughs> right. So in, when it comes to plot, though, I mean, again, it crushed it. Martian got two overall. Uh, second best. Um, all those all those added together gives it the second best plot of all the movies. And uh, and and then there we are, man. That's that's the end. There it is. That's 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 uh. That that brings us to the end. Um, uh, I guess some outstanding questions I have. Um. Well, uh, well, you know what? Let me let me do a couple funny lines. Let me add with uh, fun. Let, that's how I'm going to end all of these. I'm going to end with my my favorite funny lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to do the fonts. Yeah. Yeah. The fonts. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> one of them where it's just like, hey, we can hardly see his face. And they're like, what do you want us to do? Take his helmet off? <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, when he's driving and when he's hanging out, it's like, turn the beat around. And he's like, no, I am not going to turn the beat around. <laughs> Love it. Uh, watch your language and then he's like oh yeah really and then he types something and and then you don't see what he types but everyone's like oh oh man yes mr president we're sorry for that one i i really wish we could have seen it but that was perfect that they didn't tell us yeah no all my kids were like what did he write 
And I'm like, that's not the point. You, you don't need to know. You, he wrote something offensive. All right. That's what he wrote. Okay. And then they all started like throwing out what they thought he said. And it just turned real south real fast. It was, <laughs> it was nasty. You don't want to hear a nine-year-old curse like a sailor like I did. Um, so, uh, and then, yeah. And then we covered the other lines, the other great lines. Yep. Um, unless you can think of another one. Uh, well, I, it's one I can't repeat on here, but like when he like, when he just says F you Mars <laughs> and that, so that was just a beautiful line. I, I, I think uh, it was a good use of, you know, PG 13, you only have so many uses. That was a good use of it. Yeah. No, so I teach my kids, I don't teach them to swear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not one who does it myself. Yeah, I ever, to each their own. But I, it's basically just like, my belief when it comes to swearing is, I, I don't like when people overuse it because then they can't use it when they need it. Yeah. And, exactly. uh, and, you know, save it up and use it when you need it. And that's why I, I have friends at work that are just like, come on, just, just cuss. And I'm just like, look, I'm saving it for when I need it. All right. And that's like so, a perfect moment moment. You're marooned on Mars and, and it's just like beating you down and you're just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I told my kids when we saw that and they dropped the, you know, dropped the F-bomb. I got my nine year old, 12 year old, 15 year old, 18 year old. And I go, kids, listen, if you're ever marooned on Mars, you can drop that and it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Feel free. That's okay. Yeah. He is, he is justified right now. That's warranted. <laughs> um, uh, one, of the, one thing at the end, I'm kind of wondering, do you think everyone would be gathered in, in, you know, at, at Times Square to, to hear whether or not they save the astronaut in Mars and, you know, gathered everywhere around the world, watching it on the, the Jumbotron, like. I don't think so. I don't, I, I really don't think so. But well, well, it makes, it makes, I, I don't know why, like when, when do they gather at Times Square to watch something? When was the last time? I, I don't even know a situation where people gather at Times Square to watch something. Right, right. Now, if it was Matt Damon being saved up on Mars, then I think they'd gather. Like Matt Damon in real life? Yeah, yeah. He decides to go to Mars and gets marooned on Mars? Yeah, yes. I think everyone would be. I right. think everyone would watch to see if he gets saved. I think that's, that goes without saying. And I think, uh, I think that solves the problem. Oh, no. One of the big... You and I have had this debate with another friend of ours. In the end, Matt Damon versus Leo. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, we, we will, Leonardo DiCaprio is going to be in some other movies covered in uh, the Liston podcast this season. Uh, in the end, With Matt Damon, right? Yes, yeah, yes, versus, possibly. well, yeah, possibly. But mm -hmm. this is Leo versus Matt. And Matt wins in the fact that he, I would take Matt to do the Martian over leo because i feel matt is more relatable and i can like i feel like it's just i can be there on mars with him and i just like 
I can, I can hang with him in Mars. And, um, and so he wins the, who would be better in this role? Yeah. I like, I think they should have cast Leonardo DiCaprio in Interstellar instead of Matt Damon. Cause I was like, no, Matt, don't be the villain. You know, like, <laughs> like we just saw the Martian, like don't be the villain in Interstellar. So. Oh, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, sorry. All those people that have waited to see. I, I, I can't think of anyone who would watch the Martian and not Interstellar. I mean, come on people. Watch both. Yeah, that that was a huge spoiler alert. Sorry for all those who are have not watched Interstellar, but yeah, it's, if you it's haven't watched it by this time, you deserve <laughs> to have a spoiler alert. Yes, yes, yes. Well, there's a lot of eight year olds that listen to this podcast, so that's they, true. they haven't had time yet to, to, <laughs> they to watch Interstellar too. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I think win for I think, Matt over Leo on this one. Yeah, like he's perfectly cast. All right, Jeff. Well, I, that was great. Thank you for spending, unless you got one last thing to say about The Martian at all? Uh, if you haven't watched it, watch it. And if you haven't watched it, we've completely spoiled it for you. <laughs> but you can still watch it and still greatly enjoy it. So Yes, it's not a movie that can necessarily be spoiled. Like even right. if you know going into it, you get saved. It's not going to, it's a great movie. That's all there is yep. to it. Totally and I completely love it. It's, um, yeah, definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. And as far, and then drum roll, what it ranks in the movies of 2010, it ranks number two overall. Oh, Woo. oh man, I feel, I feel privileged to be able to, <laughs> I'm always number two, so I'm, I'm <laughs> glad to. Yeah, you know, you're number two in nobody's book, Jeff. Nobody's book. <laughs> um, it actually tied the number one movie. I did not see that coming. When I started this, I, I was like, I, I think I know what number one will be. But mm -hmm. um, it tied number one. And then I had to do go into you a tiebreaker, which was judgment call. Um, me scientifically saying this one's number one and this one's number two. <laughs> that was the science. I ran the numbers. Uh, and so number two overall, The Martian, uh, agree or disagree, uh, you can uh, you can email us and any comments on today's show, it's the Liston podcast at gmail.com. And that's Liston with two T's. So uh, yes, because uh, we're list 10. If you didn't get that at this point, we, we list the 10. Uh, movies uh, and we're also listening to this podcast because it's in your ears as we speak uh, thank you so much Jeff uh, we'll, we'll catch you again another time huh my pleasure thank you Dan and uh, thanks to everybody